What's happening, weirdos? And for real, <laughs> for real, what is happening? Chris Evans is on the podcast today. Chris Evans, he's in the new Apple TV movie, Ghosted, which is hilarious and wonderful. He's in Knives Out. He's in Captain America. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of it? I also just rewatched The Gray Man which he's in with Daddy Gosling, and he's incredible. He's so funny. He's so charming. He's so talented. And in this conversation you're about to hear, he's so intelligent, deep, uh, and brilliant. I mean, what a thrill. We've never met IRL, uh, and we were so happy to sit down and chat for the first time uh, that you're about to hear. This is our first long hang after a few exchanges online, and it went so well, and I'm so happy to share it with you. Uh, go watch Ghosted on Apple TV. Just anything, anything, anything Chris Evans is in. Go check it out. And if you'd like to see me uh, live, I'm currently on tour. Thank you, first of all, to everybody. We sold out Royal Oak, Michigan, which was so fun. Cleveland, Ohio was so fun. Coming up next is New York, New York. Haven't been to New York, New York since 2019. It's going to be great to be back. Then Ridgefield, Connecticut. Then I'll be in Denver, St. Louis, Raleigh, North Carolina, and then Salt Lake City. All of those are available at PeteHolmes.com. I love this new hour. I'm so excited. We actually just filmed it, uh, but I'm still touring it because it, the, the special won't be on Netflix until October. And I shot it, and it was so fun, and I'm going to keep touring it because I'm in love with it. I love performing it. Hope you can see it, PeteHolmes.com for tickets. Speaking of uh, my special, when I, you know, obviously you're going to tape your special, you want to look good. This is 100% real. I wore, no doubt, my perfect jeans. This episode is brought to us by our friends at The Perfect Gene and evidence that I legit love The Perfect Gene, not only when I want to feel good, because they are the best pants I've ever owned. They're soft, but it's like a soft secret. It's 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and movement that your man parts require, but they also look like designer jeans. They have the best washes and the best cuts and they look incredible and they're made from the best quality sewing techniques and materials meaning i have all my jeans are perfect jeans and they never need to be replaced and they move they're flexible they're soft comfortable pants they're not yoga pants they are jeans but they stretch so your nuts ain't crushed thereby providing the only true home for your bone with specialized washing for your jeans so they feel literally as soft as a baby's butt you might even forget you're wearing pants and as i said they're constructed utilizing the best quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last and they're not khakis although they do make jean khakis and those are my new favorite they also make hoodies which are my new favorite hoodies i'm obsessed with their hoodies i'm obsessed with their t-shirts i wore one of their white crisp t-shirts for my special as well and i wore their athletic cut dark blue uh, dark blue, dark blue, great jeans. I wore these dark blue jeans for my special and they look incredible. So check them out. I absolutely love them. And I reached out to them to sponsor the show and that's how we got here. So the perfect gene for perfectly imperfect men, 20% off when you use code weirdo at checkout. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene. Whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three leaf clover or a big old honking eggplant, the perfect gene has you covered. You can look good 
and feel good. Take a peek at theperfectgene.nyc. That's www.theperfectgen.nyc. Use code WEIRDO for 20% off at checkout. Support your body, look good, and support this show. All right, everybody. Hope to see you on the road. In the meantime, enjoy this chat with the incredible, the incomparable Chris Evans. Get into it. Hello, hello. Shaboopy. <laughs> what fun. This is so cool, man. Thank you for How doing you? this. Good to meet you. It's great to meet you. I'm I'm so excited. Where are you right now? I'm in Massachusetts. This is home base. Oh, really? Yeah. Where? Maybe you don't want to say where. I probably won't. Uh, okay. but just you live on Plymouth Plantation. I, I've known this right. about you. That's right. Original colony, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, um, I'm going to try. I almost said, dude, I'm going to try and curb my dudes. But I was doing a little research. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours, but I didn't know you were from Boston. Did you know I'm from Boston? Are you really? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm born in Boston, but I'm from Lexington. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. Born in Boston as well. Brigham. Yeah. Brigham. Yeah. Brigham. Yeah. What? Same hospital, man. <laughs> right. and, yeah. And I lingered there for a few years, so I might have been nearby <laughs> when you were born. Isn't that wild? Oh, I thought you meant you lingered at the hospital for a few. You weren't quite ready I to did. leave. <laughs> no, I did. No, I did. That's what I meant. It was a joke. <laughs> yeah, as a baby, I just kind of was like, I have a feeling that an actor I'll enjoy is going to be born any minute now. That's crazy. Then Lexington, when did you leave there? I was in uh, Lexington until I started doing stand-up when I was in uh, college. Is that right? Yeah, college. So I performed in Faneuil Hall at the Comedy Connection. Did you ever go there? No, I didn't. So you because you had yeah you you don't you want to go there. Grew up in Lexington. You're I, from Massachusetts. Then. I, I went. Yeah, my you. I, I liked you. I well, that's what's funny is like people from Boston do tend to like I feel like attract each other, and there's something yeah, yeah. going on. My, yeah. my I went to school in Cambridge though, not Harvard. I went to grade school in Cambridge, so like Harvard Square, that was like my that's where the hang was going to like Newbury yeah. Comics and the oh, pit. Man. Newbury Comics, right? God. No, get the fuck out oh, of here, really. God, I love Newbury Comics, of it's, course. The Anarchist Cookbook. Remember the Anarchist Cookbook before we had the internet? It was that black book that told you how that's to make right. napalm and stuff. That's it was right. like right. it was like a printout of all the naughty bits of the internet before the internet and all yeah. the t-shirts. I still have there's a t-shirt of um Richard Nixon and Elvis when they met in the Oval Office and they sold this at Newbury Comics. My friend Ern just gave this to me. And it, we used to love it. It's just a picture of them shaking hands and underneath it it says, We're dead. And that that was <laughs> that was just that's that's the humor of Newbury Comics. Was Newbury both Comics, these motherfuckers? Spencer Gifts. You ever go to? I mean, the the Natick Mall, or you no? Know, it was a Framingham Mall, right? Because the Natick I, Mall was the Shoppers World. That was, I was that a Burlington was. Mall. You were Natick Mall? Yeah, no, I was. Well, Natick Mall had the outdoor thing. It was it was Shoppers World. It's where you'd go to see Santa in the winter. <laughs> but then, I think no, the big one was in Framingham, right next to AMC on Flutie yeah. Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that means. It's funny that you say that, man, because when I, I saw Goodwill Hunting at in Woburn, the yeah. Woburn Cinema, and, and you can see that from 128. So when yeah. I'm in fucking Woburn, I drive by and I look at that theater with such fondness because that was the movie. I'm, I'm sure it was for you, too. Or uh, I don't mean to project onto you. I just mean kids from Boston that wanted to be in show business. I look at Woburn. The, I think it's an AMC. I don't know. 
I look at that as like not hallowed ground, but that's a special place for me. Cause you remember when you'd see a movie and you'd like go for a drive afterwards, me and my friend, <laughs> you had, you couldn't, you couldn't go home. You had to like cruise a little bit in, in my friend, John Arelli's car. We just drove and thought about our lives and how badly sure. we wanted to be Ben and Matt. Did you have that? Thing of course, God, specifically to the soundtrack of Good Will Hunting. What was it? Of was course. It Elliot Smith? Elliot was Smith. Yeah. God, like what's good L's driving, T-T. reflective, yes. Yes. depressing. Yes, of course. Kind of go inside to, yeah. And were they, again, not to project, but for me, seeing kids, they went to Ringe in Latin, you know, they yeah. were... I, I guess if we can call ourselves townies, I don't know if that's just Charlestown. I've, I've never known exactly, but we're from that area. Seeing those guys kind of make it in film, did that have an impact on you? Of course. I mean, not only did I love that movie, but I mean, they they set the bar so high right out of the gate. You know what I mean? They weren't just in a great movie. They wrote the fucking thing. It's like, right. <laughs> they wrote the fucking thing. They're winning Oscars. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. all right, just take, take step by step, guys. You don't have yeah. to just finish the race. Yeah. Um, and they yeah, took their fucking so... mom to the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, come on. You know, you're out you get, showing all of us Boston um, kids. Yeah, I was so ner- I remember the first time I met Ben Affleck, I was auditioning for um what was the not 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 the town, uh Gone Baby Gone. Uh-huh. And I remember it was just a general. Um and I showed up and I, I parked outside, came inside, walking down the, the hallway looking for this one office building. And I passed a room and I heard someone go, uh, there he is. And I was like, that was Ben. That was Ben. I kind of cruised back in. I I shook his hand, and just right away, I just got so fucking nervous, just yeah. uncontrollably. He's a big guy, you know, and yeah, I just yeah. And broad I, shoulders. His shoulders are so broad. That's the thing. And he'll just look, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's, he's intense. Just, he's in himself, and yeah. I could yeah. be further from myself. And, <laughs> and I sit down in a chair that fucking rocks and swivels. So I'm just like doing all this shit. And, and as soon as I sat down, the first thing out of my mouth was, uh, ah, nice to meet you. Am I going to be okay where I parked? And he was like, where'd you park? And I was like, at a meter. And he said, did you put money in the meter? And I said, yup. And he's like, I think you'll be okay. I was like, yeah, problem. Let's, let's just dive in. And it just, it derailed. I just, I, I couldn't make sentences. And I just got starstruck. I got yes. I got, yeah. See, I, I this is what not to butter your bread too hard, but we, we got in touch. Oh, please. Yeah, please, why not? I mean, why not? Love is free. You know what I mean? Like it's it's free to give people good feelings. I don't know why we're shy about it. Are I, you all Pete? This right? is why I love you, buddy. Yeah. See, I'm a bit I'm an overgusher though. Like that I shit. love shit. This is how this happened. I reached yeah. out to you. I was like, you know what? You're great. You're the best. Like I love yeah. to talk yeah. to you. Well, you and I, I told mean? you when the ghosted trailer came out, because I was truly impressed. And I, and I watched the film since, and I loved it, and I loved you in it. And comedy action is so fucking hard. I'm not, I don't want to name names. I've just seen some of the greatest ever go like, I, I can do this and I can do that. Let's put them together. And it just kind of, you know, it's hard. like a chair that that swivels and, and twists. It's just <laughs> very hard to na- navigate. So I'm with you, like, give it up. But yeah. when when I hear you talking about being awkward in front of Affleck and stuff, there is something about you that's vulnerable. I, I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just saying that you're, you know, strong Marvel guy. But there's something that Roger, works. Shut up. Shut up, you fucking dog. <laughs> Josh, come here. 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 Come here.
This is hat. There he is. He there he goes. He made it in the frame. <laughs> that was like perfectly Jesus. framed up to catch him running outside. Um, I told Val to keep our dog. I was like, please keep Rody quiet, just 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 for a little bit. Anyway, what I'm saying, comedy relies on some vulnerability. So when I hear you say you were nervous meeting Ben and the chair is weird, that's the place that comedy comes from. So while I know most of the world sees you as, you know, Captain America, like if we went to the Mall of America, that's that's what's going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the thing. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm picking up on what you're talking. Like I also saw you talking with Scarlett Johansson for that actors on actors thing. And you said something that I really related to, which is it takes you a couple days to get comfortable on set. Like, yeah. you, and I was like, oh my God, I've, the guy that shows up when I do something, the guy that shows up on day one, I'm just so quiet and not sure what the vibe is and don't know how to play yeah. it. And then three days later, I'm picking people up and flipping them around yeah. and, you know, well, let him in. do uh, it, put a pin in it. Um, <laughs> so it takes me, tell me, it takes me. You must know this feeling. This is one of, I've never not had this. About a week after the scene is over, that's when I figure it out. That's when I'm like, oh my God, I just unlocked it. Yes. What was I doing on the day? Yes. It's it's such a heartbreaker. As many times as you think you, you know, looked at it from every angle. Yes. um, All of a sudden it makes sense once it's too late. How about this? Sometimes you confuse being in a great mood with a great performance. Like you think because you were feeling good that it must, but like you realize how you're feeling has nothing to do with what's being captured. And sometimes I'm like, that was the greatest thing I've ever done. Or simultaneously, or I was depressed or kind of low that day. And I'm like, so therefore the performance must've stunk. I didn't feel great. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Well, even, I mean, acting is just this forever prism to me. You always can look at it from a different angle and find a new way in. And and it always mm-hmm. feels a little off, but but there are times. I mean, I've done films where I've I've you know we'll, we'll, we'll shoot a scene and and you know cut, and I'm like, listen, nobody can tell me that that was not. I was in it. I was in it. I was listening. I was reacting. I was present. There's no way. And then you watch it back, and it's just not it because in a way mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I didn't know they were gonna shoot it like that or that the music cue was going to you know and again you shouldn't cut your cloth according to those other elements you should just be trying to tell the truth but the problem the, the bottom line is it's a collaboration it, it doesn't yeah. hurt you to kind of be aware of all these elements and maybe lean one direction or the other that that you think just telling the truth is enough yeah um, and not always <laughs> it's kind of all you are you saying that like you're sort of at the mercy of the edit and the and the choices that they're making well, to some degree, but also you have to be as an actor, at least I think, uh, aware of also what the scene needs. It's not just about your own individual truth, my only job. Like, it's also a matter of like, listen, that was sure truthful, but there might have been a better way or a more right. interesting way or a more dynamic way. Sometimes your own personal truth or even the character's truth. God, this is drifting pretentious. But but sometimes, I love it. <laughs> sometimes it's just not <laughs> enough. Sometimes you almost kind of got to like push something in a direction that doesn't feel like I hear this. stiff to all of a sudden actually like unlock something or I get it. Can I, can I interject to this? It's like to see if this shapes it for me or you, when I hear, I hear you say, Let, let's go for the truth. And then like, you've worked with people like, and this is not a clickbaity show. It's not a star. Nobody's going for that. So I'm saying this genuinely. You worked with like someone like Robert Downey Jr. Who is like, 
intensely interesting. So it mm-hmm. seems to me, we can't know, he's not just going for like, what's the most honest way to react? He's actually adding a little razzle-dazzle, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this is where it's so tough because we all have our own insecurities as an actor. And then you look at people who are brilliant and you try to measure the distance between you and them and wonder, listen, is it just because some people, it's like athletes, some people can just jump through the roof. They have an unbelievable 40. They're just gifted <laughs> Some people are innately interesting. They can sit there and read a book, and I want you. You lean yeah, in. Yeah. Other people have a a face that isn't as interesting, and it really might not have anything to do with the commitment to the truth that's actually going on inside them. I don't think yeah. that anyone, if they're just one hundred percent honest, is going to be interesting on film. I think some people, even if they are maybe not one hundred percent present in the scene can still be dynamic on yeah. camera. Just, yep. You know, Russell Crowe can grumble any line out and you're like, that sounded amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Check, moving on. That's right. Um, and, and so it's, look, it's it's always tough to question what you are and what your strengths and weaknesses might be. But but I don't know if I'm one of those actors that can just do nothing and well, be think- still and hold the audience. You know what I mean? I think I'm better when I'm actively alive, actively kind of participating in the emotions in a more honest way. That's probably more akin to my natural nature. So it comes across as more truthful. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm certainly envious of those actors that just have the, the, the capacity, the downies, the scarlets that can just yeah. sit and exist. And you're yeah. just like, I'll watch a whole movie of this. We Val had never seen, that's my wife had never seen no country for old men for a good reason. She was like, it came out at the same time as There Will Be Blood. And it's like, you can't watch two. You had to pick one. You know what I mean? It's like, you had like, especially women, I think we're like, I'll do one. <laughs> That's so funny. Like we couldn't wait to see both, but she, she's going to do one. And yeah. I'm with you. I watched Tommy Lee Jones and I'm like, God damn it. There's a scene where he's just sitting in a chair and decides to get up. And I'm like, Old Holmesy does that. It it, it gets cut. Tommy <laughs> Lee does it. You know what I mean? Tommy Lee does it. So I'm so with you. And again, I think this is why you're in that fold of comedy for me. Mm. Is it's a better and funnier and more electric and maybe more honest place. Where I stand there and I, I look at other people, even other comedians, I go, they just have something that you just can't take your eyes off. And I secretly, or maybe not secretly, I'm telling you. I don't think that's me. I think I have to put a little zhuzh on it. Yeah. I got to do my homework. Yeah. I got to go out. And I also like, do you, do you, I, I'm assuming you do. I think we all do like lift things like, oh, that was, that was interesting. Like the way the, we all kind of do Brad Pitt, the way he sits, like when I, <laughs> when I watch Succession and, and um, uh, the Cul- Culkin, Rory Culkin, uh, yeah. no, is that Kieran yeah. Culkin, forgive me. I'm sorry. I was thinking of Rory Scovel. Anyway, so Kieran is kind of moving. I see some some pit there. I, I I see these moves that we learn, and and people like you and me. I'm. This is the question. We're going around going, oh, that's how you do it. That's how you add yeah. a little flavor. Well, it's just funny. It's it's trying to drop into the what what looks like reality. What looks like the truth. Sometimes it's a physical. I'm like. You know what it is. You know what it is. I remember the first time I met Sean Penn, and he just like. He yeah. just like Ben was just himself. He was yeah. looking into my eyes. Yeah. And made me. And he's just, a paperweight. He's a paperweight. He's he's an he, anchor. <laughs> he just moves through the world in such a centered way. 
if all of the roles he plays are funneled through that level of just centeredness, it's anything he does in a still fashion is going to be authentic because he lives in that place all day. I couldn't be more uh, scattered in a sense. And so when I'm trying to find truth, it usually comes in the form of a little bit of a scattered movement. It's almost like the way to practice being a better actor is by practicing being present in your daily life, practice discomfort of just stillness of actually making eye. I'm not a big eye contact guy either. Mm. I learned that. I didn't Mm. know that someone told me that recently that, when I'm talking, I'm kind of all over the place. It's tough. It's tough to just look in someone's eyeballs and speak Agreed. to them, which we probably should have, you know, worked on in our youth. But but trying to do it now, you recognize how much discomfort you feel naturally when just being yourself, let alone trying to be someone else in front of a hundred people. Yes, yeah. I'm totally with you. I, I met Sean Penn briefly, and it was that sort of experience. And that I think that's actually what we're envying. It's not just their ability to act. If I'm hearing us correctly. It's that they're like grounded people, they're centered people. And it seemed like you were very close to saying, and I, I would agree with this, to be a better actor, be a better person, to be a better uh, artist, just be a better person. Because Alan Watts had this great thing where he talks about how children are so authentic. My daughter is so captivating. She's four. And yeah. you you just can't you take your eyes off, off of her because she's being real. You see a twinge of melancholy and then and then joy and it's all there it's just yeah. like all the windows are open and then alan watts makes this great point like around seven eight nine they realize how um kind of uh adorable they are and then they become nightmares like you, yeah. you, you we all do this well, like you all... the, the ego creeps in i mean that's the truth yeah. i mean yeah. in, i mean god not to go to alan wattsy but i mean i i, I love Please. the idea that you know the, the surrendering to the moment, whether it's in life or in your performance, like it's to be comfortable and to surrender to now, because in now is everything. Now yes. holds everything. It holds the joy. It holds the sadness. It holds all of it. Once yeah. you get to that point of, you know, when your daughter turns a certain age and all of a sudden she can analyze the past and worry about the future, the now is hard mm. to hang on to. Mm. And that's when all that that cocktail of truth starts becoming diluted with the 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 human uh appetite of yeah of yeah, yeah. Egoic, you know and control exactly can and i make sean penn isn't thinking can i make chris think i'm solid exactly <laughs> that that's that's not that's like it's beneath him it's like a waste of his time and right what a liberating place to get to to try and i, I think truly all art is probably better from that place you know and of I course mean, as much as i can try and pour like a technician's approach to performance when I break down a character and understand on the day what I think I can cut my cloth to technically, it'll never dive as deep as the person who says, you know what, I'm just going to let go and be here right now and honest, which I guess is kind of what I was saying earlier, isn't enough. (laughs) But again, this like cyclical Ouroboros of analysis is what keeps me (laughs) out of the fucking moment. I think you're right though. I I think it's both. We we can take Look, you're on the right podcast if you want to talk about Alan Watts and ego and and your true self and all that. I think our ego is a tool. As artists, we can look at how we're being when we let our instincts and analyze, are are we being as authentic and as pure? Is it coming through as cleanly as we want it to be? We can even add some zhuzh and be like, that movement felt real. Some of us are non-neurotypical. I was just talking about how Jerry Seinfeld, who who at one point said he was on the spectrum and then he took it back because he's just too famous to say something like that and not (laughs) catch a lot of heat. But I, I know what he means. I feel a little bit that way. And it's helpful 
to then what, what people on the spectrum do is they observe what is considered normal and then they mimic it. And by the way, nor neurotypical or not, whatever that means, everyone's doing that. Everyone's going like, yeah, maybe when, when you sit like evolutionarily, when you sit with your shoulders back and you let yourself be vulnerable to attack, but you're calm, that looks confident. Okay. Yeah. Why fight it? Captain yeah. America can't, can't go like this. He can't scrunch <laughs> up. That's just not how he stands. How does he stand? He stands confident. And yeah. a stand-up comedian can't stand like that unless that's your thing. You have yeah. to be like, I'm I'm not afraid. So can it be both? Can't we go easy on ourselves and say, yeah. the ego can analyze, and, and this sounds so stupid, we'll learn how to be more authentic and present through not being present through yeah. analysis. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you couldn't have said that better. I actually think you guys, being a stand-up comedian, that to me is just... Uh, there's probably I would rather do just about anything in the world than if someone <laughs> said you have to try and you know with about ten minutes on stage like it's truly the most terrifying thing in the world to me the fact that you guys have the skin to do it and that your medium is in such an immediate reaction Flow, yeah like what a, what a crazy thing to do I appreciate that but talking about what we're talking about it forces you to be uh, in the moment. And that's yeah. what I think we unconsciously, I consciously, that's what I like about it is you can't think about the next joke you have, but you did lobby hero. That was one of the things I, I complimented you on. I saw you on Broadway with Michael Sarah, and you did um, lobby yeah. hero and it was incredible. So, you know, the feeling of the high wire. But the difference with that is like, you know, you're obviously scripted and you have this, it's almost like you get into this. Um, I mean, I did the play because I grew up doing theater and I haven't done it in so long. And I was like, man, I miss that. I want a new way into this. I want to kind of shake up the process. And I really thought it was going to get to a point where you knew the line so well that every night you could try something completely new and mm -hmm. listen, you know, dedicate the, the biggest piece of pie to actually listening and letting reactions take over it. I don't want to say it was the opposite, but in fact, it becomes this dance that if you kind of the, the song of it, that mm. if you deviate from it, you almost lose your step. <laughs> you know, mm. it, it almost mm. becomes this plan. Whereas, I mean, comedians, you guys, you know, the same joke, but you guys are ebbing and flowing with every spike and deep peak, peak and valley of laughter. I, and I can see the point immediately, because if someone goes goofy in my show, I can go, oh, my fuck, this got weird. This just got. But you can't turn to the no, audience. and go. To, like, yeah. but, but again, I, I'd rather have mine. At least there's a map. You know what I mean? You you, yeah. you have to find a counterpunch with the yeah. vibe as opposed to it's like, well, they're not buying it, but I, I know my next line. Right. Hopefully. Save it. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. I was. Hopefully, I, I never went up that. That would have been you didn't it didn't happen no, no never happened i i have the actor's nightmare all the time and i haven't even done that much theater but i, I was on a plane once with a guy who was in glengarry glen ross with al pacino and al, al pacino was getting older as as we all are but this was not that long ago and he said whenever al would touch his hair and like mess with his hair you knew and this was his line he it said he's time. gonna jump two pages <laughs> Not not two lines. He's gonna jump, and they they said that they would like jump like it's it's kind of a who done it, Glenn Gary. So they would yeah. jump like something <laughs> that was essential to the plot making sense. So now they had to like find a way to weave it back Man. to do the scene kind of again. What a nightmare! Nothing like that ever happened. It never got goofy. No, no, not at all. I was actually just watching. Um... 
Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross recently. Ed Harris is in that film, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. God, is he so He's good. so good. I did this thing. I remember I I, I actually tested for uh, uh, Avatar back when they, you know, in, in 2000, whatever, yeah. five yeah. or six, something like that. Um, but it was a weird process. I, I hadn't actually auditioned for James. It was, uh, I was kind of the studio's, the studio kind of, I think it was Sam Worthington. I think it was Channing Tatum. And the studio kind of said, and we like this kid, Chris. So yeah, I, I got a test deal. So I had to go down, you get in the full hair and makeup. And, you know, I never actually auditioned for James. So you feel kind of like you didn't deserve it. So I kind of wanted to know, I wonder how James likes his dialogue read. Um, and I've done this a bunch with other uh, films that I've worked on. I think it's very helpful. If you, I played a lawyer once, um, uh, smooth talk and sharp, charming lawyer. Uh, and so I downloaded the script for A Few Good Men, um, which, you know, Tom Cruise is phenomenal. In. And I had seen yeah. the movie. I knew the movie well. But this is still helpful. Any actor, try this. You download the script. You pull up the movie. You look at the scene. You read the scene. You make your choices. Even if you kind of remember the performance, you still try and make it subtle, nuanced, specific. And then you watch what they did. And you can go through the whole script, pinballing back and forth. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, practicing basketball with Jordan. I mean, you, you get to kind of watch what the greats do. Wow. And I did this with uh, The Abyss because I knew, you know, Ed Harris was someone he had chosen. And I think that role was a bit of a search, too. And Ed is so good and effortless. And just watching scenes where there wasn't a whole lot to do. The, the dialogue was basic. Ed just has this way. This is this speaks back to what we were saying earlier. Just like an innate, an innate honesty, comfort, truth, effortless delivery that some people just have. Yeah. And it's you would... Page. you would see the choice this is brilliant i've never heard of this i'm going to do this you're looking at the page see i'm going to load this with this thought too whenever i'm watching an interesting actor they almost all because i'm a writer too i write the line how can how can you say that to me that's how i'm saying it in the chair and i'm telling you almost without exception every great actor says it what i would consider wrong I swear, it's always <laughs> wrong. There's some exceptions. We were just noticing that Billy Crudup is one of the most, um, he does it simultaneously very interesting and exactly what it should be. It's very yeah. rare. Sure. But almost every actor, great actor, would go like, how could you say that to me? I'm not saying yeah. they're Christopher Walken, sure. but they don't, because I'm a stand-up too, I want to take the audience by the hand and, and lead them to the joke. I want to yeah. tell yeah. them you put little is. parentheses under every dialogue. Exactly. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I have to go back and take those out and underline yeah, things and italicize things. And but that's how comedians are different from actors. We go, yeah. it would be totally fine if I saw Neil Brennan at a show and I go, I would hit the word the, and he'd just be like, thank you. Nobody yeah. would be like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a character. I'm doing it yeah. from my heart. <laughs> they would go, yeah. you think that would be funnier? But actors... Are there to surprise you and to almost get out of the way of the words? Yeah. Does that make Believe sense? Me, I, I honestly, if, the tricky thing is this is this harkens back to when I was auditioning. You know, you realize when you go in to read for something and there's words on a page, we misinterpret the words as who the character. Like if if we recorded this, which we will, this this discussion, if if we were to put this in script format um, and give it to someone who didn't know either one of us. Would our words really embody who we are? I think on a page, right, it's, right. I mean, they're, they're, they're indicators, but I think as actors, you end up becoming a little too beholden to the words yeah. as if they are. And, and 
I actually, this, another thing similar to this, I remember a long time ago, I auditioned for Superman, one of the old Supermans back, I think it was Mick G directing it or something like mm -hmm. that. They didn't release sides from the film. Um, it was a scene from an existing movie. Uh, I read the scene, made my choices, did a little Google research, found out it was from a movie called Angel Eyes, this movie with Jennifer Lopez and Jim Caviezel from the early 2000s or something. Mm. So I rented it before going to my audition and do a little cheating. Um, <laughs> and watching what Jim Caviezel did, again, just lines that I made a meal out of, he threw away yes, lines that's... that I burned through. And you just realize this is a dance that has no rules. I yeah. am in charge yeah. of this. I'm the magician and only yeah. I know the next trick. Yeah. And the words are these things that you get chained to. So specifically in time of auditioning, if you can just be different in a way that's still honest, that's still truthful, that's still accomplishes what the scene needs that's going to separate you from the pack and show yeah. that you know how to read between the lines but right. i mean i've i've been on sets before where I'm not going to name names but other actors will read things in a way that you're like <laughs> are they going to do it like that this is insane this is the most basic line what the fuck is going yes. on yes and then it ends up being fucking brilliant and yeah. you're like I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. Maybe or it I'm doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. You know that story about, I think it was Mark Wahlberg and um, Burt Reynolds and Burt Reynolds. There was kind of like an alpha dog thing going on on Boogie Nights. You know the story? No, but what a good movie. I can't wait for this story. Yeah, it's a short story too because I, I don't want to take up too much of this. You're, this is great. But he was going to do it. Burt Reynolds was going to do it. Something absurd. like he was, Not absurd, but he was going to do it in like a Scottish accent. And Paul Thomas Anderson was terrified. How? Because every rehearsal, he's doing this like very big swing Scottish accent. How do you tell Burt Reynolds, living legend, don't do a Scottish accent? If it wasn't Scottish, it was something like that. Yeah. First day he's shooting with Wahlberg. They haven't rolled any film yet. Thank God. And because Paul is like, what are we going to do? This isn't working. I don't like this. It's not what I want. Uh, Burt Reynolds and, and Mark Wahlberg are kind of, you know, they're the two alphas on the set. So they're kind of watching each other. And, uh, Burt Reynolds says to Wahlberg, he goes, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the whole thing in a Scottish accent. And Mark Wahlberg goes, ha, that's hilarious. You should really do that. And like, that's what put an end to it. He just kind of assumed <laughs> he would he assumed. <laughs> Obviously, you're joking. There's no way this could yeah. actually be your I, choice. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> you should do that. You should do that. And and that was the end of it. And Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, the story goes, was like, oh, thank God he broke his balls because it ended what could have ruined the movie. Every time I watch oh. that movie, I'm like, he could have just been doing a very different take. Maybe it would have worked. I don't know. And what a good movie, too. What a good performance out of Mark Wahlberg. I mean, yeah. honestly, yeah. That, isn't that crazy? Sometimes when you see performances, you're like, if that had just come at a different time in their career, yeah. it would be an Oscar nomination. You know I completely I mean? agree. Yeah, it was just too new or something. I don't know. We yeah. love giving Oscars to newbies. Yeah, and it, like that's not an easy role. It's not an easy role. It goes through a real journey. He, he really does. Arc, yeah. In fact, that's the risk of that movie is it can, it didn't, but it could have in other hands start to feel like an after-school special because yeah. he, he gets on drugs, he loses yeah. everything and he starts to cry. And, and like, it's like a, it's something they would show you in high school to be like, so don't sure. go, don't do porn, but they keep it, <laughs> they, they keep it just outside of that. <laughs> I couldn't enjoy that movie for the longest time. And Val taught me how to enjoy that movie because so much of my life I was watching movies and I couldn't get into stories where the characters were just making bad choices. I don't know if you can relate to that. I just go Why? like, how it? Yeah, I was like, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. 
when he it breaks my heart like don't do cocaine with Juliet Lewis don't you know <laughs> like it's all going to explode and then it does it's my again it's my ego going like I'm not an idiot and she had to go like you have to watch it like a fly on the wall and go like this is just some of the things that human beings do but my ego would block it it's so scared that it's stupid it mm. can't even watch a movie where someone else is stupid without putting it down well, Does that I mean, make sense? That makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I struggle now watching. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch shows. Everyone watches. Have you watched Breaking Bad? Or, no, yeah. I don't watch TV. I'm out. I finish it and I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? I got to call my agent. Like, yeah. You, yeah. you start yeah. feeling like bad about your own choices professionally. Like I used to, I was just an audience member before I got into this industry. Yeah, now, I know what you mean. Now it ends up being a point of like anxiety and stress when you watch something incredible and moving and you're just like, oh, God, what am I doing? And it's, yeah. it's tough to kind of separate those two things. I love that, Chris, just because I, I remember Gene Hackman. He was on Royal Tenenbaums, the set of Royal Tenenbaums, just two guys telling Hollywood stories, but it's fun. <laughs> Gene Hackman, said, so he's at that point in his career. Talk about yeah. Superman. He's already been Lex Luthor. He's already done all these things. And he was on in Royal Tenenbaums and he told somebody he was like, um, before the phone rang for this, I thought I was never going to work again. And it was like, it never, it never, never stopped. stopped. Yeah. So I'm not trying to back you into some confession. I'm just yeah. saying you're a human being like all of us. Marvel success in this moment, where is it? It's just something, it's just a memory. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Your, your life is different because oh. of it, but it's not here. Mm -hmm. what's here is just what's here with me, a human being that in this moment has psychological, spiritual, social needs that mm -hmm. either are or aren't being met. And people think, I think people think, and I'd love for you to speak on this, that you can go through any situation and, and like Seinfeld go like, I was in game six of the world series. You know, it's, or, or you, in your case, you go like, I was in the winter soldier or whatever it was. And that's going to sure. fix your problems. W would you speak to that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I luckily I'm not someone, I mean, I, I speak about having anxiety when I watch other projects, but it's pretty fleeting. Um, for the most part, I'm lucky in the sense, I love what I do, but, but, but I'm not one of those actors. Maybe you can tell from my work, but I'm not one of those actors that, that <laughs> yeah, like wait. needs it, you know. And I like, you know, some of the actors that like, if if they weren't an actor, then there there is no Plan B. Um, yeah, I, I love what I do, but look, there's a lot of stuff that comes with this industry. You're aware of that, and it's it's sometimes it's challenging. It's not my favorite. I'm not one. I don't. You got to maintain perspective. I don't mean to sound complaining or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But but the the bottom line is I'm. I'm incredibly content at this stage in my life. And so as a result, I don't feel this kind of uh, nagging burden or weight. I even make that, you know, the reference of getting anxiety while watching other projects. That's kind of like maybe the me from before. I, I slowly but surely, I kind of feel it's less away. pull to, to kind of, I mean, I, 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 again, I love what I do, but I don't see myself doing it forever. I feel you you have this great bit where you tie. I see it on Instagram all the time. Like I told you, I always want you. I know you pressed it too many my times. My reels are littered with you. I'm when in you, the algorithm yeah, now. You think you're in America? Zoom out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I am such a, you know, I'm big space nut. And just the vastness of things and the, yeah. the scope, the scale, the time, the power, all these things. 
you know, makes you feel at once like, you know, this surge of anxiety, but then this really incredible deep calm. Yeah. So as a result, I, I've been feeling just more and more truly content, truly yeah. content where I am and at peace. And, uh, and and I'm lucky too, because this industry is a real, you know, treadmill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Constant <laughs> carrot chasing. And, and, and I don't feel that. And I don't feel that large in part because of the macro perspective, mm. the bigger you go, when, when you feel your most stressed, it's because you made your world, your world small. Um, so, wow. so, so the bigger you go, the more I just feel like it's just a miracle to be here, isn't it? Yeah. It's just yeah. a miracle. It's a miracle to be here. I was just getting out of my car the other day. And I got out of the car and I went around the back of the car. And then I was like, I wonder if I went around the front of the car. Like, think of the sliding door ripple effect yeah. that, that that one choice would have. And then yeah. I thought about that for the next hour. And the, the, the continuation of uh, changes that that choice, that one choice has made, has affected innumerable. Like, like, and then you think about every single person that came before you, your ancestors, your grandparents and great yes. Every yes. single day they had to make a front of the car or back of the car choice. Or that, hit that, hit on your great grandmother or don't hit on your great grandmother. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 <laughs> the, the things that had to happen to get you to even exist. It's like shooting a bullet with another bullet. It's it's a miracle. It's an absolute <laughs> miracle to even exist. And and that alone has really Brought me a deep, deep sense of calm, gratitude. Yeah. Really. That's what it yeah. is. It's grateful that then you know everything else kind of quiets now. Uh, God, fucking a! I love that. I, I also, I, I, I was, I went to Dave Batista's Instagram. If I'm being honest, it was probably to see if he follows me. <laughs> just, just too embarrassing. <laughs> but you know, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> that was I'm gonna have a vulnerability hangover for that. But I get curious. I'm flipping around and I'm like, what's Dave Batista doing? And there he is. And he, oh, he doesn't follow me. And I just kind of moved on. But I looked at his uh pictures and his arms are so big and he's huge. And and human beings are so basic in that way. I, I'm not putting us down. I'm just saying we can't get over the big daddy, the 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 guy that's just <laughs> like don't worry, I can pick you up like a baby and take you into safety. I can carry you out of a burning building. Like we love it. We're yeah. so it's it's so dear how basic we are. I mean, I'm yeah. talking you played a superhero. You know the need, the the Jungian need for sure. dad's got you. Yeah. And all the yeah. superheroes are just different moms and dads. And so are the yeah. presidents and so are everybody. So Batista is and I catch myself being comforted like I'm like, "Oh, he's going to save me." But then let's say, right? It's stupid. But then you take Dave Batista, put him in the ocean, put him in the ocean. I, I don't mean that to put him down. Let's yeah. play, let's play scale just here on earth. Put him yeah. in the ocean and look at him from above and, and zoom, 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 zoom. Where are his forearms? This isn't just Batista. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, this Dave who does not follow me, this is not shots fired. I'm just like, you're so locked in your human perspective that you go, I am this size, he is bigger, but take him and put him in the ocean. If that doesn't do it, keep going. Look at sure. the planet, look at the blue marble, look at the, and and again, not the reason I do it is for a, a spiritual connection to go like, there's a bigger, this is stupid and everything isn't going to be literally true, but there's like a bigger power. He's got muscles, but look at what we're a part of and don't get too caught up in like, because all of that's, no matter how much protein we have, it's going to yeah. deteriorate. So there has to be a search for something 
eternal or yeah. or unborn or or yeah. whatever what do you got what does that make yeah you? I, I completely agree i mean if, if the goal i mean what's the goal if the goal in life is a peace or happiness you know what's the shortest the the the, the quickest way there is to kind of be completely uh, surrendering to the moment and any thought that kind of connects to either someone's physical prowess or their body of work or all these temporary and permanent things that are actually man-made concepts more than anything else. That's right. That we weave into a story, which my daughter right. can't do. Exactly. Well, and that's Sean Pan we... can't do because he's yeah. just in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that is the egoic, uh, uh, you know, proclivity. We, 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 we tell ourselves what's the Chris story, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. how we're perceived, but, but all this stuff, look, eventually earth's going to go away. Even James Dean will be forgotten. The, yeah. None of this stuff is here forever. And I think that's an incredibly liberating thought. Yes. Um, and again, it's it's just a matter of what brings you closer to peace and turning down that kind of egoic brain noise. My brain noise is loud. You know what I mean? It's it's my 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 ego exists. And as a result, you know, you analyze the past, you try and predict the future. But all these things, we spread our consciousness way out as opposed to just dropping into this moment, which I think is. I mean, the beauty is that that's always available, isn't it? Isn't that such a great right. thing to that, think about? Right? It's always yeah. available. Right now is always here if you want it. Um, yes. And everything is in it. Um, and I think when you start kind of learning how to kind of quiet your mind a little bit, even Dave Bautista's arms won't won't spoil <laughs> your peace. <laughs> you know? Well, going back to your contentment and getting into the moment, what are those slots? It, you can answer that in like... Because people are interested. Everybody, of course, is interested in peace and contentment and equanimity and quieting our our voice. Are there routines that you do? Are there are there? Um, I almost picture them like like the Sims, like those those bars you have to keep filled. Mm -hmm. How are you kind of maintaining your garden of peace? Like, sure. what what is the routine of that? Uh, well, certainly, what helps. I'm a big nature guy, and and living in Massachusetts, you get the seasons. I like kind of appreciating how many things that have nothing to do with me, things yes. that have been here long, long, long before me. Um, and we'll be here after you. Yeah. We're, I'm north of LA, so we look at the mountain every day and I'm like, I get to see something that yeah. was here for thousands of years before I was born. It'll be here for thousands of years after I'm dead. Fucking great. Thank you. My, my father was big into that. And when, when my childhood, he's he's still with us. But, but when, yeah. when I was young, my dad was just always, it's, to be in awe of things if if, if you're not in uh, being in awe is is such a great um catalyst great 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 gasoline in the engine for mm, mm. Uh, just for for joy and 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 staying present because there's just so many things to be just completely completely blown away by absolutely blown away sometimes i can't believe that we aren't all just walking around with our jaws on the floor mm. the things that are happening around mm. us so um, I don't know. For me, like I said, I, I feel my advantage is that I'm in awe of things. I'm in awe of things. I'm, yeah. I'm just blown away by stuff. And that's not something I really have to work towards. And 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 that awe really drops you into the moment. You yes. know? And, and there's course. some great books out there. Have you ever read uh, Bill Bryson's A Short History of Nearly Everything? Or Sapiens? Have you read Sapiens? I have. It's right there staring at me, daring me to read it. I, I haven't <laughs> read it yet. Yeah. Oh my God, is it so good? It's yeah. so good. I just like anything that puts it's perspective. 
the human experience into perspective, it's so easy to think that we're kind of the center of it. Yeah. Um, we are all the leads of our own story. But yeah. you realize that we are human beings, even just in terms of Earth, forget forget the universe, Earth. We're, yeah. we're an inch and a mile. Yeah. In terms of, in Dude, terms of um, it's going to sound like I'm forcing this, but I, I looked at my dog taking a poop today and I was like, my dog doesn't have to wipe his butt. If human beings are the most, if God loves us the most, why am I spending 45 minutes wiping my butt? My, <laughs> do, my dog, I looked at his hairy ass. There wasn't a dingle, a dingle on it. He nails hairy. it. Yeah, pinching it right off and he's out. <laughs> and solid. And all he eats is dry food and an avocado every <laughs> once in a while. And he shits perfectly. And I was like, <laughs> even that, Chris, reminded me it's not all about us. Julia Sweeney made that point. Um, she's she's a, a lovely atheist. I'm not an atheist, but she made the point that octopuses have way better eyes than human beings do. Mm -hmm. And she kind of used that as, a, as an argument to be like, what we're saying, human beings are not the center of it. I like to think of it as it's like a tree. We're one of the branches on the tree, but it's all one tree. That's why no matter how far you zoom out or put Dave Batista in the ocean, Dave is the ocean and Dave is Dave. It's it's all yeah. kind of one thing, but that's where it's at. It's not really your, as you said, your, your story, whether or not yeah. you're nailing it. Yeah. A little bit more brass tacks. I just, I think it's because it's spring. Again, human beings are so darling and so predictable. Both Val and I are getting like healthier and just kind of being a little bit more routined. Like we made up a schedule and we were like, I think we just need a schedule because we have a four-year-old. This is when we're going to exercise. This is when we're going to meditate. This is when we're going to read, even stuff like that. I love a schedule. I love a schedule. Tell me. Yeah, this is what I want. A little brass tacks because, buddy, I've told this story a million times. That's not true. I've told it maybe twice on the podcast, but it's like, I've started doing cardio every morning. A bunch of people were like, do cardio, not even for weight loss. They're like, just psychological. They say it's yeah. the same effect as taking an antidepressant. So I do yeah. 20 minutes on the bike or 30 minutes, just uh, walking on a treadmill. At an, I have to say this to you at an incline. <laughs> okay. Sorry. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Please edit this out. I'm just kidding. I love it. And since I've been doing that, I noticed that I get up in the morning and a voice in my head routinely says, what are we going to worry about? We need something to worry about. It's just yeah. so routine that talk about gasoline, it goes, we run on what we're worried about. Yeah. Relevance, work, uh, do people like me, whatever it is, all evolutionary stuff. Sapiens would probably argue that's what part of what's kept us alive is some sort of dis-ease with reality. Yeah. What are we going to eat in the winter? Mm -hmm. Sure. But since I was doing just 30, 20, 30 minutes of cardio in the morning, a new voice has emerged that goes, I go, I need something to worry about. And I swear just louder than that voice. It went, it was like Matthew McConaughey. It was like, or maybe we don't, maybe we don't, <laughs> maybe we don't. And I was like, how did McConaughey get it? How did I install a McConaughey? Yeah. It was a fucking Peloton? What the fuck? I don't. So, yeah. give me a little. Give me some of your routine. I, I, I'm. I'm in. Not in a men's health way. In a men's sure. everything way. <laughs> God, I mean, well, the good thing is the the industry we're in provides wonderful opportunity to practice. You know, yeah. and I mean, like <laughs> you're going to be in a constant state of insecurity, self doubt, time awareness, all these things that can create egoic cycles, and so you're given plenty of chance to to kind of stretch those, you know, present muscles. One of the things that I always do, because my anxiety kicks up at night, you know, daytime, I feel great. I wake up, I'm, I'm a morning guy. Me when too. I go to bed, and it's so strange, because as a kid, I loved going to bed. It was, but you know what, as a kid, it was all, 
uh, egoic daydreams about you know being an actor and you know it's all up to it's all funny it's all you know now now you're in your life and you're trying to keep the ball in the air and that's what sparks all these negative anxieties um mm. what i would do is just kind of say you know chris all right we're lying in bed look there's nothing we can do right now there's nothing to be done about this there's no actual action i can take yes. so let's just um Let's give it. We'll go on a little vacation. All these problems will be here tomorrow morning, yes. and we'll tackle them all then. I'm not trying to walk away from them. I'm not saying I don't need to address these things. But let's just say, how about for the next six hours, we just go on a vacation, and you rationally, not like emotionally or spiritually, ra- like you can you can wrap your head around that. And then when you do, you drift right off to sleep. And in the morning, mm. that little bit of like, kind of like that. That kind of fucking worked. I wonder if I can apply that same logic to this morning moment and to this evening's moment. And then before you know it, you realize life can be just that constant state of obviously you want to be self-aware, like you said, you know, you have to some analysis is to avoid past yes. and self-preservation. That's fine. But in terms of like that real anxiety spiral that happens, Not useful. it's just a matter of saying, you know what, let's just go on a little vacation from these thoughts just for a minute, just for a minute. And then just keep extending that minute. And before you know it, yeah. that's, that's who you are. That's yes. like when those thoughts quiet down, fucking a. we're not our thoughts, are we? Our thoughts are just this like fucking noise in our head. And nine times out of 10, it's not helpful. Yeah. So, so yeah. just practicing, talking your brain into the practice of just being quiet, you'll start to inevitably realize this is effective yes. and, and it can be applied in a lot more places. I love the word vacation. I also, yeah. I'm doing the same thing. It's like, there's a higher self we could call it, that's trying to reason with the mind, the yeah. brain. Yeah. You could say it's the mind trying to reason with the brain or whatever word you want. It doesn't matter. You're going like, like a child, like a dad, we're back to Batisting ourselves. You go like, I hear you. That's so much better than shut up. Yeah. I okay. hear you. Mm-hmm. I, you're right. What are we going to do? Yeah. That, that's beautiful. You care about us. I see you. I see you caring about us. Thank you. So now you're greeting it with gratitude, but then you give it a gift. You give it a plan and you go like, I'm just recapping. I, I promise you if let's take a little break, I think we need a break. Mm-hmm. It's just like telling my daughter, I think we need a sandwich. I think we need to sit down, whatever it might be. And in the morning we'll deal with it. And the crazy thing is, is in the morning, those problems just don't, you know, without the shadows, the long yeah. shadows behind them. Yeah. What, what were you even on about? But I love to see, I'm hearing a little Eckhart Tolle. Are you an Eckhart Tolle person? Oh yeah, major, major, yeah. major. Huge, yeah. huge. He says 99% of your thoughts are repetitive and useless. And uh the i think it was it's attributed to ramdas a lot of people have said it, i think but your mind is a is a wonderful servant but a terrible master but yeah. no one is teaching us this we think right. we are our thoughts yeah. when really what is called the i is the i could say the field of awareness you could also say it's the blank piece of paper that the thoughts are written on it's the constant it's yeah. the thing it's the space in the spaciousness in which Everything appears you're right now. You're a phenomenon in my consciousness. I'm a fun, we're the sound of us is a phenomenon in everyone that's listening, but yeah. that's not you that comes and goes. So what is constant? What was there when you were five, that memory you have of seeing a dead bird, what was there? There yeah. was a, a sense of being that yeah. was there and that doesn't age. And that's why when you talk to old people, Norman Lear did this podcast. I was like, do you feel older dudes in his nineties? He's like, no, because he's, he's checking his awareness. 
He's yeah. not even looking at his body. He goes, I don't mm-hmm. feel older. This is why we don't feel older as we get, we feel the same because yeah. there is a part of us that doesn't change. And it's that sky wherein the clouds, which are our thoughts, our feelings, and our circumstance appear. But it sounds to me like we're agreeing peace comes with sky identification instead of cloud identification. A hundred percent. It's like this sign you have to simultaneously. I mean, the problem is by the time we're able to be aware of concepts like this, you might be in your late teens, early twenties, and you're pretty hardwired. So you already got to kind of rewrite this ship. We wouldn't, if, if you were taught at 10, 11, 12, when you first start grappling with these egoic struggles in your, you know, school years, it, it might be easier to kind of, um, correct these the you know unhealthy habits but it's the type of thing where when you get to those you know early 20s years having some sort of little practice that gives you a taste of the moment and why it can be so good just like i said saying i'm gonna go on vacation at night Mm. just a little taste that this works while simultaneously in your waking life making sure you also practice like you said the non you know we go small we think we are our body we think we're our thoughts going recognizing the timelessness of things, the zoom out, nothing separate, zoom out. You know what I mean? You are not a separate thing. Nothing exists alone. You didn't just come from your mom and your dad, your mom drank water, your dad breathed air. You are that tree. You are because of this, this this kind of constant interconnectedness to everything actually helps reduce that egoic noise. Cause that comes from a selfish place of I, you know what yes. I mean? The more you can kind of bring that down through awareness of the macro. Yes. While also showing that dropping this compulsion to be, you know, anxious also provides this like ocean of stillness. It's kind of, it's, it's such a hard thing to, to reshape specifically in this industry, specifically in a business that is yeah. specifically in our culture right now. I mean, we're, we're bending in such a, a dangerous direction the in i mean i was just saying this to someone the internet this this i think again not to go off on a real strange tangent but Please. in terms of inventions that have affected mankind it probably goes fire the internet the wheel like the internet, <laughs> the, internet the wheel is third folks the like the internet is and we don't even there's just not enough yeah. Data yet to even kind of draw a conclusion. And and I, I worry that so much of it is about satisfying that egoic appetite of oh you know, of course this individual story and I'll um, give you the hope. Do you want a little hope? I love it. My hope is because I feel like to recognize that you are an ego and that it's not working. That's mm-hmm. the the, the basic yeah. spiritual precept of all yeah. traditions is you have an ego and you have your true self, and the ego isn't working. Yeah. I think the way show business can do it, I really think it can. And I think I really think it can. I don't know why I said that like Trump. I show business really can do it. It's <laughs> truly great. It makes you see your ego. <laughs> it's so dumb. Why did it come out like that? I really think it can. Chris, great guy, captain of the my country. <laughs> um, but I think social media can do it because that emptiness, when that everyone now, now I'm looking at it as a gift. Everyone gets to experience the hollowness of a viral, whatever that means in your world, a a hundred likes in junior high on a video or a post or whatever, or, or a comment from a celebrity and you see it doesn't work. I actually think this is a, again, from an optimistic place, this shows the unstoppable, the unstoppableness that love is pursuing us. 
yeah. that, that we are pursuing ourselves, yeah. that it will go, I'll hide behind a pile of shit <laughs> so that when you eat all of it, uh, there I'll be. It's called falling upward, as Richard Orr. Yeah. We don't come to God by doing it wrong. Uh, right. We come to God by doing it wrong. Well, you, you don't wake up from dreams. You wake up from nightmares. There know? it is. You, yes. Like, you, it has to get bad enough to break a cycle. That's why I really do think we're at a critical mass. There is like, you know, they say there's like a God shaped hole in, in, yeah. in us right now. You know, I think things were easier at a time where religion, I'm not by any means like a deeply religious person, but certainly a spiritual one. And back when religion provided those answers and purpose and, you know, cool. We didn't know where the sun went at night. It was almost easier <laughs> to process our daily struggle because we had an answer. There was a North Star. Now I think people are kind of feeling that God-shaped hole. And it's it's like, like every animal, when I see like a turtle crack out of a shell and it just knows to go to the fucking ocean. Mm. What? Mm. This thing just came into existence and it know. knows. And it has a brain and it has instinct. We say the words like instinct or yeah. genes. It ex well, so, you've explained nothing. <laughs> yeah. And and so so what's ours as a as humans? What 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 do we have? And I think it's like this innate um uh, the, homing the, the, device. The kind of awareness, this like appreciation, the ability to kind of be in this you know, bag of, of skin that, that manifested in a way to express uh, not just love, but an understanding of something that is spiritual. That's a beautiful thing. And it has mm. to be satiated in order to feel happy and whole. Right. And, and I think what people are looking for right now is something like that. This is yes. why I, God, I wish, I wish with the art form that I chose to pursue, um, it's tricky as an actor to find projects that can, you know, if you're a painter or something, you can paint something that actually reflects how you're feeling on this particular issue. But mm. as an actor, it's hard to to come up with, with projects that you think can help move that needle. Cause yeah. I think, I think it's ripe, you know what I mean? I agree. I mean that, that one documentary, that one project, that's like why it's going to give you hope. You know, right. it's right. It's, it's I like performing. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. I'm going to let you in on a little secret that's true. I never used to wash my hair. I never, ever, ever, ever use shampoo. Until recently, I was getting my wonderful friend, Kat, who cuts my hair, was like, Pete, you have to clean your hair. But I didn't want to. Because whenever I used regular shampoo, it meant it was clean, sure, but it also looked like shit. It looked like dried out, fluffy shit for two days. Unmanageable, dried out, thin, brittle hay on my head that I just couldn't control and it looked terrible and I just had to deal with that. That all changed when I found Modern Mammals, the only shampoo that's like a non-shampoo that somehow cleans your hair but leaves it perfect. I'm not just saying that. It leaves it absolutely perfect, like a perfect hair day with structure. It's got that wave. It's got some of that natural moisture staying in your hair where you need it, staying in place and looking incredible. After a wash, now my hair looks like how it used to look when I would wait three, four, five days after a normal shampoo for it to come back to life, to come back to looking great. Now it looks great. Perfect hair day after I spend six seconds with it in the shower, which is incredible. My hair regimen is now the opposite of what it used to be. I used to not wash it when I wanted it to look perfect. Now I wash it when I want it to look perfect before a TV spot, before I tape my special, before I just go on a date with Val. When I want it to look good, 
Now I use Modern Mammals. It is incredible. Over 40,000 guys have switched. You got to see the reviews. Everybody's mind is being blown. I can't believe more people don't know about it. Once you use it, I'm hooked for life. Absolutely never going back. And it's a small punk rock grassroots company. These are just regular guys who were fed up with shampoo frying their hair and set out to actually create new products to wash your hair with, new shampoo alternatives specifically for guys. They have bars, which I love, which is a low lather, fragrance-free, plastic-free way to do it. Or you can get bottles. It's like a magic gray mud that you run into your hair and then rinse it out. It's not like a normal shampoo. And somehow, it's like magic. It leaves it looking perfect every single time. Spend six seconds a day and have perfect hair. I found out because I saw it on Instagram and and then I reached out. I was like, we got to work together. I am all in. Go to modernmammals.com. Use discount code weird for free shipping. That's modern, M-A-M-M-A-L-S.com. Discount code weird for free shipping. You got to check it out for real. It's blowing me away. Also, we're brought to us by our friends at Element. Healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water, it's about drinking water plus electrolytes, which makes sense. You lose both water and sodium when you sweat, but both need to be replaced to prevent muscle cramps, headaches, and energy dips. But most people are only replacing water. Why? Because we're always told just drink eight ounces of water a day. That's that's basically our water education. Turns out drinking beyond thirst is a bad idea. It dilutes blood electrolyte levels, especially sodium, which can lead to headache, low energy, cramps, confusion, or worse. And the solution to getting through your day or your workout Just feeling good with proper hydration to optimize your body and your mind isn't just to drink water, it's to drink water plus electrolytes. So enter Drink LMNT. We call it Element, but it's the letters LMNT. Element has become a huge part of my daily wellness program and part of my morning routine that I legitimately look forward to. I start every morning with a big glass of water and a packet of Element. I like uh, watermelon salt is my favorite flavor. Mix it up and you're good to go. No sugar, no artificial junk, just electrolytes and great taste. They give you the right ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium for health, performance, and energy. It also tastes amazing. And when I'm fasting, having an element helps carry me through those hours where you really want to eat, giving you some flavor and also giving your body what it needs to support itself for healthy fasting. An element came up with a fantastic offer for us. Just go to drinklmnt.com slash weird and use promo code weird to get a free element sample pack and you can try all their flavors with any order when you order. And if Element doesn't exceed your expectations, they have a no questions asked refund policy. You don't even need to send it back, so you have nothing to lose. Support your body, support this show. Go to drinklmnt.com slash weird and get your free sample pack with any purchase. That's drinklmnt.com slash weird. Try their chocolate salt and try it hot. It's friggin' incredible, and it makes me pee less at night. I don't know why, something about the sodium. All right, back to Chris Evans. I talked to a, a monk in Santa Monica. This is years ago. He's just on the street handing out like food. <laughs> and I talked to him briefly and he referenced the matrix. And I was like, how cool is this? This dude just, <laughs> this dude just the sentence that he said was, and you know, years ago we didn't have films like the matrix. He was like grateful to the matrix. I, I come from the Christian, uh, I'm not uh, that way anyway. You know, I love Jesus. Let's not get into that. I just mean, I was raised in the church. <laughs> fundamentalist church. And I would have only seen the violence or that Neo and and Trinity have sex and you see butts or whatever it is. And I thought it was just so beautiful that, that there wasn't that first of all. 
and that there was this appreciation for it. I also like, I'm deeply envious of the Truman Show. I even think Liar Liar has something to say. I think uh, Jim Carrey has picked movies. You know, he's a spiritual guy that he's uh-huh. finding those things out there. But I'm with you because story is so much more effective. You and I talking about this like directly is great. Yeah. But when you have a movie like Truman Show uh, that goes like you were, you inherited so much when you were born, you didn't even know it. That is like a TV show. Yeah. That is like a, and Christoph in that movie, Ed Harris, again, here he is. He's yeah. not God. He's like your ego. He's he's building yeah. a world. He's like an antichrist. He okay. He's telling you something is real that isn't real. And we yeah. all have that. And it's not a fake town and a, a fake TV show, but it is, Chris Evans, you're important. Yeah, you're an important. Avenger. Pete, yeah. you're a, you have a, 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 a friend of ours that has a 12 year old. She, I don't, I've never logged into my TikTok, but she logged into my TikTok and was like, you have 300,000 followers. And I was like, this is all the Truman show. And we yeah. all have to get in our boats, which is his biggest fear. Yeah. He falls off. He drowns. You have to die. This is all Joseph Campbell. This is great. This to, is great. To find the, to puncture the wall. And you yeah. won't believe it until what you were doing wasn't working so hard. It pushed you into past uh, Joseph Campbell says the treasure you want is in the cave. You're afraid to go look yeah. to every story for other examples of this star Wars, everything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Sorry, I just went on a, a, a big tear. No, that was great though. I mean, you couldn't have nailed it. I mean, that, that, that was perfect. There has to be, I'm not, again, I, I'm all for buttering your bread, but I, I see that in Marvel. I, I I've talked before about how Iron Man, he has to go into a cave I think he actually builds his ego. He builds like a shell and he has to recognize that he can drop it. And that's, that's Tony's arc. But um, it, it's the same thing. I'm sure the reason these movies resonate has, have you ever had an epiphany that Captain America is telling a story that has some spiritual meaning to you? Oh man. Um, I, I, and by the way, feel free to skip. This is like a hundred thousand dollar pyramid. <laughs> you can just go, <laughs> nah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I look. Doesn't me, he recognize a, a power that was in him? You know what I sure, mean? Sure. Doesn't he have a, an awakening of sorts? Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, I suppose. I've always identified with Cap as someone that never really gets quite what he. he there's a, there's <laughs> you're going to say, yes. There, there's an enormous burden put on him, um, but something he chose. And as a result, yeah. you have to kind of consider the people that uh, need him. Yes. You know? There's sort of a Garden of Eden thing. I'm not trying to force it. I'm really trying to think it out with you. There's like, what I like about the story of the Garden of Eden, which of course I don't think is literally true, is that there's an election into it. You you choose to eat from the apple and it kicks you into the into yeah. the messy world. And, there, and there's something going on sure. with uh, Steve Rogers that he, it's almost like he gets a wish granted and then it's like, oh, but guess what? You have all this other stuff. We don't know. We don't even have to go into that shit. <laughs> Who fucking cares, man? I was going to say, one of your your co-stars, um, Scarlett Johansson, have you seen Lucy, the movie Lucy? Oh, my God. The final scene in Lucy. I die. So good. I think it should die. be mandatory viewing. I die. I, I love it. I, I, love it. I Why love it. aren't we all... No shit. Why aren't we all talking about Lucy? Like, uh, of course you've seen Lucy. Like, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Like it's just beautiful. the writing in that, the writing is so good. 
And it's what we've been talking about here. Like you're part of a thing. You weren't born. You didn't die. It's not just you. And yeah. she's re- and the scene where she calls her mom, I could cry. And she's like, yeah. I re- like she's she's getting full access of her mind. And that's what happens when we're quiet. That's how. Ha- that's what happens. Sometimes you have that on uh, psychedelics or some other transcendent experience. Like yeah. you have access and you can remember the taste of your mother's breast milk or something and and you get overwhelmed it's like what you were saying like the two bullets yeah touching yeah. if we could widen our perception mm-hmm. you wouldn't wait in line at starbucks in quite the same way and yeah. that's and that's what's so powerful Have you heard that. um this is water the david foster wallace commencement speech obsessed oh you have i thought you were gonna say uh, obsessed like you're no. well no. you i know I, it's just, you know, this is water. This yeah. is water. It's, it's yeah. that kind of just adjusting the perspective, going macro, recognizing. Well, that's one of the things I do when I'm, when I'm thinking about, you were talking about how interconnected we are. And, and it, you said it so beautifully, your dad breathed air and your mom drank water and that became you. Sometimes when I'm trying to remember our interconnectivity, I, I, instead of air, I imagine it's water. That, it, that's easier for us to picture. We think air is nothing. But as I say in that bit, air is made of the same stuff that you're made of. Yeah. Why aren't we talking about this? I know. I believe I know. I, it's, and, and these are, I was just watching something on black holes. I'm a big space nut. A, yeah. a black fucking hole. A black hole with gravity crushing 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 iron down to the like yeah the the force the power that is out there these things at work that are right now this isn't like yeah yeah it's it's happening now it's it's proven these things are going on the fact that it isn't the number one thought on everyone's brain i i literally think if you if you took the exact conditions of our society and culture our social norms and you just kind of a few cosmetic changes, set it on another planet and and wrote a script about it. I think the notes would be, this is unbelievable. There's no way these people wouldn't constantly question what the fuck yes. is going on every yes. day. Yes. So go to work and they don't worry about it. No way. Unbelievable. When I, I, when I'm in that, for lack of a better term, a clear space, mm-hmm. you know, like you just kind of comment to yourself and you turn off the ego noise. It seems so obvious to me, the, the majesty and the wonder and, and the, the it's not just mystery it's the blech, the the yeah. the beauty i guess we could say the yeah. beauty and, and and what i really am not pete and his body eating the sandwich but like the well you could call it the spring the the rupert spira i always quote this as do you know rupert spira no oh you got to check him out I'll, I'll send you a link he's so great he talks so cleanly about the phenomenon of awareness. He strips it of so much. He's like Eckhart in that way. Yeah. And he goes, we are the screen. We, like what we are. So he goes, you have an experience and there's something that's aware of that experience. And you are that thing that's aware. And he likens it to a movie screen. And there's things that happen on the movie screen, but the screen itself is never tainted yeah. or died or changed. Mm-hmm. And identify with that screen I, I don't. I don't even know why I brought that I, up. I but. couldn't agree more. I mean, this is why my dog. My dog is such a good little teacher. My dog will sit out in the yard, not lying down, not relaxing, sitting up, sitting up, but just just an active participant in his presence yeah. and just absorbing. He's not worried about yesterday. He's not worried yes. about tomorrow. He's yes. just 
he fits. He fits in a way that I don't. A lawfully unfolding dog. He's just yeah. being a perfect dog. He is a part of it. And the reason he's a part of it is because he doesn't know. And one of the beautiful things about human beings is that we get born into this suffering of awareness and afforded the opportunity to let it go. This thing that we think makes us divine and separate and superior is actually our biggest shackle. And we get the wow. chance to actually shed it and go wow. back to him. You know, wow. I mean, he's the teacher. I'm pointing yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like there's there's this just all around us, this beautiful stillness, this lack of self-awareness that makes it magical. That's yeah. what makes it magical. Yeah. Or thoughts arise. That moment before the analysis of the moment, that's who you are. And if you right. stay there. And in the pursuit, you just reminded me, it's like I pursue all this specialness. Even, even spiritual pursuits can be to be special. It's like I want God to recognize me. I want to feel good. I want to be saved. I want to be enlightened. I want to be this. I want to be that. And the deeper I go into it, it goes like, welcome. I'm glad you chased that carrot. Uh, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you it has everything to do with you in a sense, but it has nothing to do with you. So again, it's hidden even yeah. that it's so it's not just the ego doesn't work it's like even my spiritual earnestness doesn't inevitably work and there's a surrender and a melting and a zooming out that just goes like yeah. oh but everybody i was just saying this to neil bread and i was like isn't it beautiful that everybody the worst person calm them down take the worst person calm them down really in their body in their mind whatever that means it could massage rest nature, solitude, peace, uh, therapy, just get them as calm as you can. And, and then let them lull, get them breathing slowly, rest their eyes, incense, candles, whatever it is. At their core, that neutral place, that zero is Enya. No yeah. one is death metal at zero. Yeah. You bring anyone down, no one is, and I love metal. I'm not saying it doesn't have a place. <laughs> I, I sometimes get off the phone with my parents and I put on Metallica and I blast it. And I yeah. thank God that someone has given that feeling expression. I love it. But J James Hetfield, you bring him to zero. He's mm. who can say <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't that of beautiful? Course. That's of the, course. that's the point. Everyone deep, yeah. deep, deep down in their zero is clear, spacious, boundaryless, unborn, undying, unbothered, peaceful, vulnerable, and invincible at the same time. Isn't that beautiful? And the beauty is that it never, um, it doesn't miss, like if you can get a taste of it, someone's not gonna get a taste of it and be like, nah, that wasn't that good. Like it right. everyone right. is gonna be like, that shit was good. Yes. It was, it was, I had it for a second and I lost it, but that was it. That right. was it. It never doesn't deliver. That's how good right. it is. That's it's, it's it's what you are. I mean, it's your natural state. It's it's you know yes you more. It's so close. Yeah. It's it's the distanceless journey. That's why yeah. when we talk about all the efforting we need to do to get there, I'm also like, it's also just a stopping of everything we're doing. It's more of a dropping and an unlearning. Are, I, are there? Tell no, me. Go no, go ahead. I was just wondering if there are moments, maybe surprising moments for me. It would be in the middle of a stand-up set, I can get in that like, oh my God, or, or, or have there been times in your life that come to mind easily where you're like tasting it? I mean, I, I it's usually far away from my job. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah, 
I wish it were more like, yeah, when I'm on set, you know, it's not. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm set. Can I say I'm really glad that you're not like someone's handing me a latte because no matter how sweet, because you are a very centered person and I'm really enjoying this. And it, it just makes me happy for you to see that you're not drinking from a goblet or something. <laughs> But no matter how humble or small we try to be on set, it is a, a, an amplified space. Someone is going to get you a coffee. It, like you can't wipe your own sweat away. You can't. You're wearing gloves. You know what I'm saying? So like that's not the zone. You're just so aware of. I, I directed a movie once, and it was just. I remember this this constant narrative in my mind of just being like, I need less of me from the moment I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> to the moment when I go to, I mean, it's all about, I'm trying to direct this thing, but underneath all of it, it's just fucking me. It's just me. I'm just yes. thinking about me, you know, and, and, and it's just, I uh, can't fucking handle it. And, and you know, that, that's just me. It's, it's just, just me. me. I'm just worried about me here. And like, well, what do I do? And how are they going to like this? And what should I, yes, yes. me, 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 uh, fucking exhausting. And yeah. um, even though you're trying to create, even though you're trying to make something bigger than yourself, it's still just you. Um, so for yes, me, that's right. Yeah. When I'm far away from it, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm a big nature guy, big woods guy. I love camping and I love driving cross country. I love the idea of just, you know, there's no destination here. It's just driving. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I've listened to a billion books on tape. It's just, um, I, I think, you know, for me, when I'm far away from the industry and uh, I like being alone, I'm a big alone guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's I'm an introvert as well. You know, it's just kind of nice. It's just kind of like where you can really just, oh, just put yeah. it all down. That's when you realize, God, what the fuck have I been carrying to be so relieved? Right. <laughs> I'm alone. Jesus. How, how you know. Aware. That's the Truman Show. How many of us are going out? Like when you visit your, your family, you remember, oh, they hand you sides. They hand you sides. There's everyone's. <laughs> and they, my poor parents, they're playing them too. They also yeah. got a script. And we all revert. Everyone's doing that. We know. You know how people have work voice? You hear them on their phone and they start talking oh, yeah. in a different voice. Oh, yeah. That's a character. Good. We're recognizing so it. So let's drop it. <laughs> but what if, like, I'm so jealous of the people that just have the balls to just, like, if I actually moved through the world exactly how I wanted to. Yeah. People would think I'm an asshole. Not, not that I would be like outwardly mean or anything. Yeah. I'm not spitting on people, but I certainly wouldn't be up here. I'd be right down here, right. and you know, well, you wouldn't be dancing. There's lots of little dances we do yeah. where we ping yeah. people like sonar, and you have to ping it back in a certain way. And this is what I'm teaching my daughter how to do, and that's what's making me even more aware of it. I'm like, yeah. oh, when someone says that, it's nice to say this. I'm like. Again, I'm teaching her her lines. Yeah. You're, you're, no wonder you love, you love being alone because you don't have to remember your fucking lines. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. And and what if you could be alone among people? You know that's, what I mean? Well, the, that's, that's the, the courage that it would require. That's what I think the beauty of getting old is because you do stop giving a fuck. Yeah, that's right. I just don't care. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do it. That's, that's right. That's, that's some real peace. Were you in LA? Wait, you don't live in LA. Have you seen Eckhart live? I was just, he just came through. Oh, no, I haven't. I, I would. You could go up to New York because he goes to the Omega Institute. And that's, this is so, it's like we're talking about a rock band, but that's like a little venue. Yeah. Highly recommend. Because it's all about that. When you're near someone, there's that Zen saying, I didn't come to learn from my teacher. I came to, or from the master. I came to watch him tie his shoes. Have you heard that one? No, that's great. Isn't that good? Just gives yeah. me the chills. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's it. 
And not to put down my tradition, but we were like, can we be clean and and bright and and godly, you know, from the pulpit and in the lobby? These 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 guys are like, no, it's about how you brush your teeth. It's how is how is Chris to his dog? How does he make a sandwich? Uh, I'm as I'm realizing I've gone over an hour. Like, is this okay? Like, how are we rolling with this imposition? By the way, how are you on time? Should we wrap? I'm good. I got about 15 more, and then I got to bail. Okay, more. I heard that Boston. Uh, <laughs> anyway, go see Eckhart live. Let's do let's do the quickest speed round. I, I'm just so touched that you that you agreed to do this. Oh, of course, man. This I, is awesome. I, I, you're just such a good egg, man, and a real talent. So I'm I I appreciate it. I won't bother you like ghosted. I won't cactus emoji you, but I will <laughs> send you uh, some things that we've mentioned uh, if the, if it comes up that I think yeah, you'll like. Right. And please do the same. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever seen a ghost? No, I'm I'm not one disappointment. To, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a whole. I mean, I, I have a lot of dear friends, family members who believe in all those sorts of things. I, I'm not, it's not sure. For you. Look, I, I'm sure there are my issue with ghosts are can only humans be ghosts or can animals be ghosts? You just stole a bit from my act. Where are all the ghost oh, cows? And I go, what I'm saying. And I go, are there ghost mosquitoes? Like, are they everywhere? What's their purpose? And like, what you just did doing? it. You did what we're talking about. This is octopus eyes. You're going, look, you're only, you're thinking only human beings have souls. Only human yeah. beings reverberate very, or, yeah. Ghosts to me are a very egocentric concept. To me, it yeah. doesn't track with the, the information we have. I, I certainly, look, energy can't be created or destroyed. These are facts. I, I believe in something bigger than myself. There are black holes. There's magic going on that I'll never know. So I, I'm, I'm sure there is something, but I don't think there is, an afterworld where you move like a book from the fucking like, or, you know, or like I left that light off. Like I yeah. don't know what a ghost is doing. <laughs> that just doesn't track with me. I have to get this candelabra from here to there. I just have to. I know there are people living there now, but I have to do it. You know, yeah. he's going to hate turning this upside down. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't think those are like the rules of the ghost world, but, but, you know, I'm sure there is, there's no denying there's something going on that I don't know anything about. And maybe it has to do with energies. And look, I know even like young kids that they say have more of, they're more of like uh, vessels for right. connectivity between you know, past and future. And I uh, got it. You know what it is? It's something that it's like, I don't need to believe in gravity for it to affect my life. It's none of my business. Like wh wh whether there's an after, wh whether there's ghosts or anything, it's, it's almost, it's not necessarily a helpful or useful or applicable perspective to have. And I think in a weird way, it's a thought process that misused can enforce ego a little bit. Yeah. So I just kind of say, you know what, eh, it's, it's, I have no opinion on it, I suppose. That's very Buddhist. I know you are. Are you practicing Buddhist? I mean, I think it's the closest religion to what I would subscribe to. Yeah. But even Buddhism through the years has so much dogma attached to it. I, I try to stay away from any sort of like dogmatic ism. I just yeah. think the idea of a way of being, yes. which, you know, has a lot of, I mean, Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism, a lot of them have a lot of, you know, overlaps. So I think yeah. in the loosest sense of the word. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I'm with you and, and you're in a safe place. I was going to say there's, I, I've quoted it many times, but a lot of things that are quoted to be the Buddha aren't, but here it comes either way. I love it either way. Um, 
It's like none won't be none, right? What is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, somebody said what happens after you die to Buddha, and Buddha said, It's like you've been shot in the leg with an arrow. And, and you're, you're saying, you know, who, sh- who shot the who arrow? Shot his arrow. Yeah, yeah. I love that. My yeah. God, it's such a good one. Yeah. Just get the arrow out. Just, just the arrow out. Just, just stop the, the suffering. Yeah. Stop the suffering. Don't worry about the origin. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly my perspective. I think, again, pulling on that thread, I think is, look, it's fun. It's interesting. It can create wonderful conversations. But I think you've really got to be self-aware because I think, Underneath it, you could be reinforcing this oh, yeah. self-relevant narrative that that could make other things more tricky to stay present. Yeah, the ego snuck in through the back door. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ever see a UFO? Now that shit, I believe in. Never seen one, but I mean, come <laughs> on, again, the, the, no, it's the, it's declassified. It's, it's happening. It's not even a maybe. You know what I mean? If you don't believe there's life out there, you you, you need to read a book. Yeah. <laughs> Just the vastness of things. You and I, yes, yes. The vastness of things. It's not even a maybe. It's not maybe. I just saw the pilot that posted the video of the cube. There's just a cube. It's a fuck. It looks like the Borg. It looks like the Borg's cube, but it's small. Just zips by a plane. And I'm like, it's kind of like you were saying about wonder, like, or, or waiting in line at Starbucks. If we could really get in touch with what's happening here would be so overwhelmed. And then even when something in the macro, like a, a flying saucer goes by, we still, we're, we're like blocked. It's like our brains block us because it goes, oh, just just reproduce, just eat and and find somewhere safe to sleep tonight. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it blocks us. Yeah, yeah, well said. Um, I, would you get in trouble if I asked you this? I, 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 I Maybe that's silly to ask, but have you done psychedelics? Is that something that's ever crossed your yeah, mind? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 pro uh, psychedelics. I think there's something, and it's great that they're really kind of like moving Being, into the yes. medical realm. I mean, yes. there's look, life is hard, and, and there's a we don't always have the tools to unpack some of our trauma. And, and I think there's been proof that that certain things can help uh, alleviate some of that. Yeah. Suffering. Well, the last time I took MDMA, which was recently, I I had exactly what we're talking about. I, I would it was so much easier for me not to appreciate the wonder of a tree, although I could have if I pointed it at a tree. It's like a superpower if I pointed at the tree, but I pointed it inward and I found so much love for myself. And I was like, that's what therapy is. Therapy is a person going, Chris, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You're good. You're okay. You're good. And then this substance, it felt like 10 years of therapy. Again, I'm not telling everybody to go out and do it. This is just my experience. And I was like, no wonder the the sign, the medical community is like, this can help people yeah. who have a lot, who have been given too many lines, too many yeah. scripts, yeah. <laughs> and now they can okay. improvise more, more cleanly. Uh, have you ever almost died? I've been in a couple car accidents. I've oh, been wow. in some real bad plane, turbulent things. Maybe really felt like you were going to die, but probably. Oh no, a couple car accidents, but but um, you know, nothing that's worth. No story. Gone. Like no, no. But you've been on a plane where you're like, this is the end. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Really? We were on a plane once. Yeah, it was. Oh my god. Yeah, Commercial. Was, uh, yeah, and 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 to a point that you know. Not many dry eyes. People are, you know, shrieking and crying, and things wow. are falling from the, you know, it's it's wow. 
and you just can't imagine this plane can survive this. You know what I mean? How how is this possible? What was it? A storm or? Yeah, just really bad turbulence. Just you know, and and relentless for like an hour. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, terrifying. But you know, I'm sure some pilot would be like, actually. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you know, so right. actually you're uh, statistically much safer than you would yeah, exactly. be in a car. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, tell that to the shit in my pants, <laughs> <laughs> which actually is on my paper. Have you ever pooped your pants? You don't have to answer that. No, I will say, I, I mean, I <laughs> never, I mean, aside from my childhood, I, I have very good bowel control. Very, there you go. Very here, we're almost done here. I had to ask. Whenever I watch, this is my one Captain America. I know it came up a little bit, but my one Captain America question, and I think you'll not have gotten this before, is I always think when I watch like Winter Soldier or something, you wear a ball cap and you have, Steve Rogers has an incognito mode and his incognito mode is the same mode you would do at an airport. So you trying to be a celebrity blending in at Logan looks like Captain America in Winter Soldier. Like every Truly. time every time I watch that, I'm like, what does he do? <laughs> yeah. guess- they they <laughs> fucked up my disguise. They like made the disguise as recognizable. Man, that was yes. the one good thing of masks. I'm still the only idiot wearing masks. I yeah. Uh, Just at an airport recently and I was the only fucking guy wearing one. Yeah. I don't care. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna ride that into the ground. Just because that- you can't beat it. You can't beat it. You can just move anonymously, even if yeah. everyone's like this fucking asshole wearing a mask for Fine. well that's boston for you you wouldn't get that in la you'd be there's still plenty of us that's true <laughs> but I, I i'm not this isn't a fame thing this isn't me checking if dave batista follows me i i like the mask too <laughs> I, I there's something it's like having a blanket up to your nose there's something yeah. private and and Absolutely. nice about it. and then this is the last question man um we ask everybody what is can you think of a time in your life where you laughed really really hard um and it doesn't have to be a great story the prompts I always give are maybe someone fell, mm-hmm. maybe Mark Ruffalo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> maybe someone <laughs> farted, uh, meaning it can be dumb. But if you're laughing and tears are streaming down your face, how old are you? Where are you? And what happened? I'm a big laugher. I'm a big laugher. Um, <laughs> it's great. And, you know, the idea of trying to, like, suppress. A, I mean, like, I, yes. I, I'm an easy audience. I laugh really hard. And. I, I find my, I think I'm a very joyful person. So I, my, my friends say I'm a real, it's why I'm not funny. I think comedians don't always laugh at, or they don't laugh. It's a much. practice. It's a practice. Like I have to work at staying elastic and, and staying laughy. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I just, I think everything is hilarious. Um, <laughs> God, especially when you know, you shouldn't be laughing. Yeah. Any I, church I laughs or, or school assembly. Press I had a press junket once I did with uh, Hemsworth on one of the Avengers movies where we were just, you know, getting silly. We were being bad. We were just making jokes and we couldn't, I couldn't stop. He could yes. get a grip a little bit better than I could. He remembered that you know, we're here to be professional, but moments like that, yeah, I kind of unravel. And there's have you I mean, seen Paul Rudd and um uh oh, what's his name? He lives, he's my neighbor, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd, they're promoting I love you, man, and they won't stop laughing about farts they just <laughs> and the poor so people don't know you're in a hotel room or somewhere and they just keep rotating in press so it All is all day and your brain just starts to melt a little bit you yeah. know what i mean everyone yeah. gets five minutes and so it's the same questions and yes. after quite literally a hundred interviews 
you just start going a little loopy and like yeah. silly things seem funny and you know you're being filmed and yes. that just adds to this childlike urge to giggle. Yes. I, I think that's a great answer and a wonderful, and I relate. I've only done that a couple of times, but it is it's absolutely insane. Yeah. I'm just looking at my notes. There's nothing I didn't miss. I mean, this was awesome, man. I, again, thank you for doing it. I, it's funny. You've never done podcasts. I looked, I searched no. your name in podcasts, um, no podcasts. Yeah. No, no. And you're a perfect podcast guest. <laughs> And people are going to be blown away. There's no, I'm just so happy to share this. There's no Chris Evans talking about the sky and turning off your and taking a vacation from your brain. This is sure. a gift. You and your dog and your Daddy. friends, the rest of the day, you feel good. You did something good. You are a gift. Thank you so much. This was great. My pleasure. Would you say keep it crispy? It's how we, it's how we close. The guest says, you keep got it, it. You got it. Everybody keep it crispy.